You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis 18 and put your finger there. We're going to go to Genesis 18, 14. Facing the impossible. Facing the impossible. Today, we're going to talk about what to do when facing the impossible. This is one of the things that the Lord has been putting on my heart lately. And the opening image here, we'll pray in a second, but the opening image here is the Israelites walking through the Red Sea. It was an impossible situation before the Red Sea parted. They had, they never, they never had any conception of how God was going to deliver them that God would open up the waters before them. They really had no idea what God was going to do. God is a God of surprises. He's also a God of humor, as we're going to see soon. And so they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. The, the rock was the, uh, the Egyptian army, and the hard place was the sea, and they were trapped They were trapped, but God opened up a doorway, so to speak. God opened up a way through the Red Sea, and they escaped. God is always leading his people to face the impossible. We need to realize that this is a way of God. This is a way throughout Scripture that we're always facing the impossible. And as a church... We've been crying out ourselves, and churches all across the world have been crying out for miracles, right? Lord, do wonders, do miracles. Do you know that every miracle that has taken place in the Bible has come from a very stressful situation, an impossible situation? And so God brings us and leads us into these impossible situations. What's the purpose of it? That he would get the glory and not ourselves. That people would marvel and say, only you, Lord, could have done that. And that's what God is doing in all of our lives. And we have a tendency to give up hope when we're faced with a hopeless situation, when we're faced with impossibility, we have a tendency to give up hope. I'm in the same boat with you. (laughs) I'm not any better than you. I'm in the same boat when I see an impossible situation. I am tempted to throw in the towel as well. But the Lord has been speaking to me about the impossible and how do we face the impossible. And 
different steps we can go through so when we're in an impossible situation, we can overcome and see God's power and see his miraculous power. So are you with me? All right, let's put our hands on our hearts and pray this with me, nice and loud, with conviction. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. And Lord, I'm praying that you would break the word open to us. We know that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We want to hear your word. We know that through your word we can face the impossible. We can be filled with hope through your word. And so we are not people that are looking to other things. We are looking to your word. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So we do not live by bread alone, but by every word. And we're hanging on your word this morning and asking for it to go out and take this word and let it have wings like a dove and let it go out and rest in different people's homes and places. And on our hearts, Lord, let it rest on our hearts. Let us be a people who encourage one another with these things. Amen. Amen. So getting into this facing the impossible, but before I get into this, I am just reminding everyone, especially if you're online, our Bible school is starting up in three weeks. So we take in students in December and January, as well as in June and July. And now we're in January, and we have three weeks to go till our next unit, which is the Father's Heart unit. Discover the Father's Heart for you. Anna designed this beautiful postcard, Discover the Father's Heart for You. And we're going to be talking about the Father's Heart. We're focusing on the Gospels, who is Jesus, and connecting that with the Song of Songs, as well as starting from the beginning to learn Hebrew. Aleph, Bet, Gimel. Can you say that? Aleph, Bet, Gimel. We'll be learning again uh, Hebrew from the from the beginning. So it's, I've been preparing every day for this. So though I'm on break, I'm quietly working too. Anna says, oh, I can see. Because <laughs> I do a little bit of work every day by the grace of God. And I have felt very inspired. And I need your help to help recruit students. So go to holyfireschool.com, www.holyfireschool.com. You can register if you don't want to be a part of the school, maybe you can help us spread the word. And if everybody spreads the word, we can grow. And every, basically every semester has been a miracle. And now it's, it's coming on 20 years for the Bible school and almost 24 years for our church. So this is it, the Father's Heart Unit, Journey into Freedom. Experiencing the Father's heart, the Gospels, Psalm 119, hidden treasures in the Hebrew language. So it's all there at holyfireschool.com. You can register. Three weeks, three weeks to go. Now let's get into the message. Genesis 18:14. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? 
The Hebrew for difficult is this word for wonder. God's wonders. So it can also be said, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? And this comes from the angels that visited Abraham. So if you go to Genesis 18.1, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Who, so here these messengers come to him. Now, often in the Bible when angels come, we see one angel, you know, maybe two, but three messengers. This is a very important occasion, a very unique occasion where these three men, we know that they are messengers, angels, and the word angel means messenger, so that's why I'm saying messenger. And commentators have speculated that this seems like Jesus, Jesus coming, a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus with two angels. Some people have said it's the Trinity. What we do know is that they're messengers and they're coming to Abraham and they're coming during the heat of the day. Now, the heat of the day is an uncomfortable time, right? And God is bringing his people, his church, through the heat of the day. Thinking about COVID, all the things in the world, every time on the news, it says, oh, the inflation is going up, the prices are going up, everything's going to be tough, everything's going to be harder. And we hear this messaging, and, that, and uh, we're not saying that that's not true, but we we know there is a truer truth, <laughs> if we can say it like that, that nothing is too difficult for the Lord. So while we may be in difficult times, we remember that there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. While we may be experiencing the heat of the day, the Lord is our shade. He is our tree of life. And we go to him, we come to him, and we sit under that tree like we learned about in the Song of Songs that we just bask in his fruit and his shade and his shelter. He is our shelter. And what a beautiful job Anna did this morning, leading us in worship and the prayer. And I just want to say to Anne, thank you for your prophetic word because I resonate with that and I'm hearing the Lord say very similar things as I wait on the Lord. And one of the things I said to Barbara is that when I, in January time, I intentionally try to be silent uh, today I'm not silent, uh, but I intentionally try to be silent and quiet to hear from God. And I try not to listen to too many other uh, prophetic people, not because I don't believe in them, but because I don't want to copy them. And I just want to hear, what is, Holy, what is the Holy Spirit saying? What is the Holy Spirit saying now? What is he saying for 2023 and the time ahead? So in the next three weeks, I won't be talking as much. I'll be more quiet Next week, we get to hear from Anne and Barbara, and then uh, we're hearing from Davina, and then who? who? And Peter, yes. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. So I'm in, uh, I look forward to that, and that gives me an opportunity. It gives me an opportunity to feast on the Word, to eat the Word, and to sharpen my own sword. I need to keep on sharpening my own sword, otherwise I'm going to become dull. You know, you've got to keep on sharpening the axe. And so that's what I'm, I just want you to know what I'm doing during this time. Well, here, the messengers in Genesis 18 come to Abraham in the heat of the day. 
Abraham looked up. He looked up and he saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. So notice his attitude, notice his posture. He's receiving. He's hospitable. He does not know these men. They're strangers, but he knows they're important and he opens up his home to them, and he puts on a feast for them. And we will see and hear God when we open up ourselves to his messengers. And he opens up to these messengers. Let's skip, because we're not reading the whole thing. They say something to him, verse 9. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There, in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was unable to have children. She was barren her whole life. But more than that, now she's at the time and the stage in her life where she can have children. That part of her reproductive life is over. So all of this is very humorous. And Sarah was listening in. And we know the story. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. The same thing goes for Abraham. God waited till he was past the age of childbearing. So something that wasn't natural, something that was impossible. So Sarah laughed to herself. Sahak in Hebrew, Sahak in Hebrew. She laughed to herself. As she thought, and she was, it, was, it seems like she was trying to hold the laugh in, but it was kind of bursting out. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and this sahak in Hebrew means something also, it means, it means laughter, but it also means something playful, something humorous, almost something ridiculous. <laughs> and then I'm going to have a son, me, you've got to be kidding. And God wants to do in our church and in our life and in our ministry something that will make us laugh. And we would think, how is that possible? And God wants to do this all around the world. All these churches around the world, I've talked to many different pastors. There's so many that are hurting and struggling. And yet we need to hang on to the word of God. We can't give up. And yes, it looks ridiculous, but God wants to do something humorous. And that's what he's doing here. The Lord, then the Lord said to Abraham, verse 13, why did Sarah laugh <laughs> and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Now, we, this, is, this is not uh, God being kind of mean to Sarah or the angels being mean to Sarah. There's a playfulness here. 
there's a playfulness here. And the Lord is trying to get Sarah to laugh, even though Sarah thinks it's inappropriate. And it's a, maybe a little inappropriate, but he, she's, she's trying. I mean, he's, excuse me, the Lord is trying to get Sarah to laugh. That's all purpose of this. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? And that's where this verse comes, comes from. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Out of the impossible, something possible. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. <laughs> and I've heard people read that, kind of frowning on Sarah. She laughed. I can't believe she laughed. No, no, this is supposed to be funny, right? This is supposed to be humorous. This is supposed to be playful. Sarah laughed. It was ridiculous. It was funny. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? And that's where Isaac, she does have a son, and it's Isaac. And Isaac in Hebrew, it's Yitzchach, Yitzchach. And Yitzchach comes from, again, laughter. This chach, tzachach, uh, Yitzchach is laughter. And his name is, he laughs. Or, or laughter, or laughing. You can say it in different, different ways, ways. So God wants to birth laughter in this time of, impossibility. God wants to birth, birth laughter. And the laughter he wants is this joy of fruitfulness out of the impossible, impossible situation. And the fruitfulness he's looking for in the church is he wants us to make disciples. Fruit. He wants us to give birth in the spirit to those who are not yet saved. They're not saved. They're not born again. But the Lord wants so many people to be born again. He wants this great harvest it's sad when a lot of people, when they think about the end times, they think about, oh, all they think about is there's a great falling away. There's a great falling away. And there is a falling away. We, we've seen people fall away. But at the same time, these end times are for this miraculous harvest of people being born again and being saved. And more than any other time of history, God wants a, a major harvest to come in, people being born again. And he wants to birth them through us like he did with Sarah. Well, Sarah, the name means royal or princess. And we're not going to be able to birth anything unless we realize that we are the Lord's royalty. We are his bride. It's through intimacy that we conceive and give birth. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? No. And when things are difficult, when things are impossible, what does the Lord give? He gives his word first. That's how he creates. What he's giving us this morning is his word. And he gave Abraham and Sarah his word. And it looked ridiculous. Yes, but he gave them his word. And it happened exactly as he said. Abraham had to stop trying to do it himself. He had to take his hands off the thing. Uh, he tried to make the promises of God come to pass through Ishmael. And that wasn't God's way, though. 
uh, he blessed Ishmael. But he was looking for something more. He was looking for the one born of the Spirit. That was Isaac. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Well, this brings us to our latest infographic. What to do when facing the impossible. What to do when facing the impossible. Now, I'm going to get into this and share these points. Uh, But I've just been sharing as the Holy Spirit has been leading me, um, sharing the things that have been on my heart. And then I'm going to get into these practical steps. Well, when I, over the break, I was reading some comics, you know, like comic books. And just, I, I, when I was a kid, I liked comic books. And I would take my trek to 7-Eleven and buy myself a comic book and a candy bar and go back and read it. And then I, st- I got so interested that I started making my own comics. And Valerie likes to draw comics. There's Valerie. She's out playing. <laughs> Valerie likes to draw comics, and I like, to, I like to draw comics too. And so that's why when you saw that uh, infographic about uh, how to rest, all about resting God's way, you know, how to rest God's way, I, I had that bam and the zoom and the, all those. I tried to make it look uh, in that style, look like a, a comic in that style. And this one is a little bit like that, too. What to do when facing the impossible. So these are the, the things that the Lord has taught me. Every time I share these infographics and things, these are things that God is teaching me and I'm putting into practice and they're helping me to survive in these tough times. And so, and I'm sharing it with you too. So the first thing is keep your eyes on Jesus. Did I, do I hear an amen? amen? It was prayed. It's something that I've mentioned. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Peter heard Jesus call to come. Peter heard Jesus call to come and walk on water. But how could he do the impossible? He kept his eyes on Jesus. And when his focus changed, he began to sink. So you can turn over there to Matthew 14, 22. This is not the first time I've shared this. This is something that I have had to, you know, like I've I've preached it years ago and I've shared it over and over, and it's something that I've learned that you need to keep your eyes on Jesus daily because there's all these distractions trying to get our eyes off Jesus. And so when, the, when we face that impossible situation, our eyes are getting fixed on and focused on the impossibility and the hopelessness of it and the danger of it. Things could come to our mind, like, how is this possible? And we start getting our eyes off of Jesus and onto these things. And we start to sink like Peter did. Matthew 14, 22 through 33. So all throughout 2023, we need to remember to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Matthew 14, 22. And I won't read the whole thing, but that's where it starts. 
And then I just want to go to this part. Well, well let's see the similarity between the two stories. The, the messengers come to Abraham and Sarah in the heat of the day. And here Jesus comes to his disciples in the heat of the moment in this great storm, storm that they're in, verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And it was in this storm. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. So he was walking on the water. He was coming toward Jesus. He was responding to the word. And now all of you here have responded to God's word. I believe that. You have heard Jesus call to come and you have come to him. Now let me just say that the Christian walk is an impossible walk. It is not something you can do in your own strength. It is impossible. And you have heard that call to come and you have experienced God's miracles, signs, and wonders. But also, what's the tough thing is persevering, continuing to come to Him, continuing to follow Him. And that's the temptation that all of us fall into, is are we going to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus? Are we going to persevere in it? And so then what happens we know the story. But when he saw the wind, verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And so fear is going to keep us from keeping our eyes on Jesus. And when we get our, when we, when we get our eyes off of Jesus, we're, going to, we're really going to be uh, tempted to fear. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus did reach out his hand and caught him. But he said something. He was trying to teach him something. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I have been there. I have felt like I've been sinking. But notice how the Lord describes faith. If you put the two together, faith is keeping our eyes on Jesus. Did you see that? Faith is keeping your eyes on Jesus. When he was looking at the wind and he got afraid, he began to sink. He stopped walking in faith. And so we have to get our eyes on Jesus, who is the greatest sign and wonder of all. He is the greatest sign and wonder of all. His love, His power, His grace, that He came to us, that He comes to us in the storm, that He rose from the dead, that He was crucified, that He rose from the dead, that He ascended on high, that He has poured out His Spirit. He Himself is the greatest wonder that we need to celebrate continually and keep our eyes on Him. And when we keep our eyes on Him, this fills us with courage and enables us to walk in the impossible. Well, Friday... I was starting to feel like I was sinking emotionally. And uh, I was, I've been, one of the things I've been doing while uh, on the break is I've been fixing up my study and my library and finally did it, but my, one of my chairs broke. 
and it needed the, the screws needed to be screwed in again. And so there's a, a cover for this chair, and it's all Velcro. It's very hard to pull off. So I'm trying to pull this cover off, and it's taking all my energy and strength, and I'm already kind of emotionally depleted from the day. And, and uh, some bad news came to me, and, and some other things. I just started to think negative, and I'm trying to pull this thing off. And I finally whipped the thing off, but I'm so exhausted, and it's around 7.30 at night, and I have a knock at the door. Who's the knock at the door? Daniel Mack. <laughs> I haven't fixed the chair yet. I haven't fixed the chair yet. But I've got the cover off, and he comes to the door, and I, can, I can, can't really speak too much. I'm kind of out of breath. And um, he comes, and he helps, because he helps me fix the chair. The chair was fixed. Daniel fixed the chair. Daniel, that is more than just the natural thing. That's something that I believe God has put in your life that God has called you to fix and restore and to be a help and be a helper and a servant and an assistant. And he did that. And then he sat down and uh, then I, I was sinking at the time in my own motions. I shared all these thoughts and, and woes. And I think I overwhelmed Daniel. <laughs> He says, is God speaking to you? I said, yeah, God is speaking to me. I have it in my, my journal here. And I want to encourage you, you know, always be journaling. It's not just a school assignment, right? Bible school assignment. That's my journal. And I looked over to my journal. Yeah, yeah I'm writing it down. God is speaking to me. But right now I'm having a hard time believing. But I said my faith is as small as a mustard seed right at the moment. So that's what I felt at the time. Daniel prayed. He prayed a great prayer. And after praying for me, I felt a lot better. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for praying. And we need to minister like that to one another. We do face impossible situations. And we need to encourage each other to get our eyes back on Jesus. Moving forward here. So the first thing is keep your eyes on Jesus. The second thing is when you're in an impossible, when you're in an impossible situation, ask your father for wisdom. We're talking about your heavenly father here. Ask your father for wisdom. And we go to James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. I'm talking a little bit longer than... I expected this morning, but it's the first, kind of first message of 2023, so I'm sure it's important, but I will not go too long. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So James teaches us, what to do if we lack wisdom? Ask God. When you face the impossible, you need the Father's insight rather than your own solutions. Now, this is what we tend to do is that when we're in a, an impossible situation, like Abraham before the Lord visited him again, he had a child through Hagar. 
Ishmael. It wasn't God's solution. It was his solution. And when we're in an impossible situation, we come up with our own solutions. Are you with me here? Men are very good like this. Come up with all their plans, this, that, and the other thing. But the Word of God says, lean not on your own understanding. So we're tempted with our own wisdom. But here's what we need to do when we're facing the impossible. You need to ask the, for the Father's insight. Father, what do you want to say to me? What is your wisdom? What is your solution? And James encourages us that you should ask God who gives generously. So we have a generous father. And often we're thinking of God giving us generously material things, but God wants to generously give us wisdom. That's the most important thing. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is God's word. But it's his word made alive to us so that we understand it and we put it into practice. That is the wisdom he wants to give us. Who gives generously, God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. So this is the next thing. Point three is believe you will receive the Holy Spirit's wisdom. So how does he give us wisdom? He gives us wisdom by his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit gives us wisdom, insight, understanding. And we're going to be talking about wisdom, I think a fair bit in 2023. It's something I feel that we need to grow in as the body of Christ. We lack in, our, in the church, we lack wise men and women. We do have a few, thank God. Few are here today. Few are online. But we need these wise men and women so that when things like COVID strike, we don't have everybody going off the walls. But we stand and it's like, yeah, we've seen difficulty before, we're not going to lose our heads. We're going to stand strong. But one of the things that a test reveals, like the test, the global test we have gone through, one of the things a test reveals, the fire reveals, it shows us where the cracks are. And we saw that the body of Christ had a lot of cracks. And because it had a lot of cracks, it went to a lot of quacks to find the solution. And we got a bit wacky. I'm not talking about myself and those ones here, but I'm just generally commenting. And we, in all of that, we need wisdom. We need wise men and women. Now, believe you will receive the Holy Spirit's wisdom. Prayer has power when you believe that the Father cares and will speak to you. And I guess the great temptation is when we're going through a storm is responding like the disciples. Do you care? You know, the water is coming into the ship. This is another gospel story. But the water is coming into the ship and Jesus is still sleeping and we don't see him acting. And then we're shaking. Lord, what are you doing? And do you even care? Do you care for us? And that is, again, the temptation. And we need to remember that God does care. God does care and he's testing us with that prayer has power when you believe that the father cares and will speak to you he will speak to you 
Don't say, oh, God doesn't speak to me. The Father doesn't speak to me. God doesn't speak to me. Oh, you hear God, but God doesn't speak to me. God speaks to all of his children. He cares. We just need to give him time to listen. Right? Listen to him. What is he saying? And believe. And this is one of the critical points in James chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It's a, it's a fact there. It's a statement of fact and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe. Say the word believe. believe. You must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded, such a person is double-minded, and unstable in all they do. The point that I'm bringing here is believe that the Lord will speak to you. When Solomon asked for wisdom, God was delighted to answer. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for, uh, at that time, he's not asking for relationships. He wants wisdom. And so in business, ask for wisdom. When you're in a tough situation, ask for wisdom. God was delighted to ask, answer and believe that you will receive it. And you may, say, you may come to a time where you were like me on Friday. I have a mustard seed of faith. It's, well, that's enough. That's enough. And yes, here James talks about doubting, you know, and there is, there is doubting that we have, but we can't doubt that even with the mustard seed of faith that God will speak to us. It's not the greatness of our faith so much as his loving care for us. He loves us and cares for us. Amen? All right. We're coming to an end soon. Four. Act on the wisdom you've been given. So when he speaks to you, he gives you wisdom, act on it. Here's this uh, pilot with a salute. Yes, sir. I've talked about that before. <laughs> act on the wisdom you've been given. So God does miracles together with us. And this is the thing that we often don't understand. God wants to do everything together with us. God did the miracle in Sarah, but she had to believe and carry the child and give birth. It was something together. God opened up the Red Sea, but Moses had to raise his hand with the rod and trust that God was going to work. But Moses had to do something. And Noah, God spoke to Noah. And Noah did exactly what God said in building the ark. Noah had to do something. God does miracles when we act on the wisdom he's given us. God does miracles together with us. When Noah acted on God's word, God moved. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. And James talks about that too. Let me know. If you say amen, you believe. It's, it's in doing. It's in doing. it. And the whole thing of that is that God wants this relationship with us. He doesn't want to be this mechanical robot dispensing blessings and we go about our own 
business. He wants to be together with us. Of course, he could do it all himself, but he doesn't want to do it all himself. It's kind of like how I feel setting up the church, and I set that text out. I've pared everything down so that if nobody comes to help, I could do it all myself. But I don't want to do it all myself. And why? Because I want to do it together. I want us to be a family. I want us to be uh, together in doing God's work. And God wants to do his miracles with us, together with us. Okay, the last point, and this is the end. Five, and I, I want you to keep this. This will go out uh, online, and I want you to keep this. And so when you're in this situation, you can take this and use it. And all these infographics I'm making, Daniel says it's like baseball cards, you know? You collect the baseball cards. <laughs> and I'm making them too much that I can't print them all out. But, you know, you can collect them and, and you can use them as baseball cards. Oh, I'll trade you this for that. <laughs> Today you need this facing the impossible. The other day you may need something else. You need a, the rest one. So as you wait, don't stop praising the Lord. As you wait for God to act, don't stop praising the Lord. And we remember the story of Jehoshaphat. And in here, we're remembering also the first point, too. Jehoshaphat said, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This kind of life theme for me. <laughs> we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The good news is that God gave them the solution to praise the Lord exuberantly. And praise them with, with passion and with devotion. And as they praised, God fought for them. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 12 through 30. As they praised, God fought for them. So that was God's solution for them to praise. As they're praising, God is fighting for them on an enemy army that's too great for Jehoshaphat's resources. An impossible situation. Too great for Jehoshaphat. But God fought for them as they praised the Lord. So let's continue to praise the Lord. Continue to lift up our praise, to lift up a loud praise, to praise Him above our emotions. And this is one of the major lessons we need to learn as disciples is that we should not be led by our emotions. Our emotions are like the stormy sea. Our emotions are like the stormy sea, and we all have them. And God's made me a bit sensitive, so... I got, I got one, you know, one student that says, adios, and I'm like weeping over them, right? <laughs> I, God gave me a, quite a sensitive heart. And here's our emotions. We have these emotions, but as God's disciples, we're not to be led by our emotions. We're meant to be led by the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. We're led by His Spirit, and that helps us to walk on the water of the storms of this life. Amen? Amen. So that brings us all those points. Let me just repeat that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Two, ask your Father for wisdom. Three, believe you will receive the Holy Spirit's wisdom. Four, act on the wisdom you've been given. 
And five, as you wait, don't stop praising the Lord. Keep praising Him. And this brings us to what Jesus, uh, what, what it was said. This is the New Testament. So Luke 1, 37. Uh, Jesus didn't say this. This was said in a very similar situation as uh, Sarah in Luke 1, 37. This is the angel speaking to Mary. The angel Gabriel. How is this going to be possible, you know, that she is going to conceive though she's a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She was barren, but she was going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. That's what the NIV says. For no word from God will ever fail. Uh, the NASB says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? And that we need to get in our hearts. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary has this heart. And this is really meekness. And let me tie this into the Sermon on the Mount. Because as a church, we're meditating on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is meekness seen in Mary. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. It's just this humility. Meekness is a humility to receive God's word, even though it will cost, even though it's painful, even though people will misunderstand even though there's going to be people that forsake Mary because she looks like she's done something sinful, having a child out of wedlock, and yet she accepts the word. I am the Lord's servant. So with that, Lord, we come to you with this first fruits offering of 2023. We thank you that we're here. We thank you that you have sustained us. We want to thank you that though we may be small in your eyes, we are not small, but we are your mighty army. Cause us to grow and multiply. Do, imp do the impossible through our lives. Help us to put these points into practice to be those who step out in faith and keep our eyes on you, Jesus. It's a little bit easier to keep our eyes on you right now because we're in your presence, but we go in our work week and there's a lot of unbelief out there. You're training us to keep on putting our eyes on you, Jesus, and not the winds. Make us wise, Lord. Give us your word. Give us your solution. In all these situations that we're facing, solutions, wisdom be poured out. I pray for a copious outpouring of wisdom on your people. And everybody, Lord, that is, is watching this, we need wisdom in all of our uh, ministries. 
in all our situations. I'm praying for wisdom for Daniel and Diane. Pour out wisdom on them for this year. Ben and Sandra, they're in Toowoomba. I ask that you pour out wisdom on them. Peter and Tina, as they lead the JC soldiers. And Lord, we believe that the, the best is yet to come for the JC soldiers, that this is not, their time is not over. And I pray for abundant wisdom on the JC soldiers and everything that you would have, that wisdom from heaven. For Kiara, abundant wisdom to be poured upon her. Grace, grace, uh, wisdom. And Cat, Father, and her ministry, pour out that wisdom and anointing and hope, Lord. Let there be a great hope that arises in our heart. We are weak, Lord, but you are strong. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just spend a moment just waiting, just one minute, because I don't want to go any longer. It's, but just one minute waiting quietly.